Welcome to the Optimistic Week of the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with American Accent. If you were tuning in, expecting the Pessimistic Week, check back next week or listen to last week's show. Uh, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. And because last week I went for a beer, hoping it would get through the entire first half of the show, I actually made it all the way through. But since we have two wins to discuss, I had to, I had to up my game. So we have a full 500 milliliters, which is uh, one point, one pint and 0.9 fluid ounces. So a little, a little bit extra in the bottle this week. Sticking with my favorite local, Kent Falls, this is their field beer. It's a bright and expressive farmhouse ale inspired by Saison, made with northeastern grown Endeavor barley malt and fermented in stainless steel. Um, so I'm not, it has a little funk to it, but I'm actually getting a little more like Hefweizen banana bread on it than I am, uh, sort of the traditional barnyard funkiness of a Saison, but it's quite nice. It looks very funky. It, it, it's funky. It's hazy. It's unfiltered, but it doesn't really have like, kind of like the wet grass Saison, like very Belgian-y yeast yeah. notes as much, but it's quite nice. It's quite drinkable. I mean, I like that. I would probably go for that right now, but it gets the job done much like Sheffield Wednesday over the last two games, helping me put in at least a good 45, probably not a good 90. Not that Wednesday really played a good 90 either. First off in New Jersey, it's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Evening, Jeffrey. Um, I have a gin old fashioned, which is the first time I've tried a gin old fashioned. Let me tell I you. I would have dissuaded you from that if you had <laughs> ran that by me. Yeah. To the end it is not good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it. I've, I've struggled with it. I've nursed it for the last half an hour or so. But I have got a great recipe from yourself uh, to make at halftime. So I will review my second half drink uh, when we cut off and come back, which you gave us. What's it called again? The Sassinator. The Fascinator. Fascinator. Okay, so yeah. join me at halftime for my... Jeff influence cocktail. I don't have any influence over what Justin DeSorger is drinking. I'm guessing it's a local stout of some sort, Justin. You are off base, my friend. Good oh. to see you, Patty, as well. Yeah, no. So February marks the time that I start to uh, take care of my disgusting winter body again every year. So uh, I am on the uh, sparkling council pop. It is mm. a uh, 365 uh, generic Whole Foods uh, brand lime <laughs> sparkling water, uh, zero sweeteners added. Um, so that's where I am. Although I had disappointed, disappointing. It's I'm I'm disappointed for you and personally that it's not polar. No, uh, well, is what it is. I was at the store today. I had Fair to uh, stock up and get it. And you know, I. I had timed uh, the eating of the gummies so that uh, I would be really kicking in right as we came out of the pod. But this uh, long delay to start means uh, <laughs> should, be, be should be a really good time. Yeah, yeah. a bit of a foggy pod. So we'll do the, gum, do the gummies have any sugar added? Uh, that I don't know. Uh, <laughs> nice mix of THC and CBD, though. So uh, we'll see how that works for me today. We've had a nice mix of two different flavors of one nil victories, which we'll discuss both the Ipswich and Warcom games. We'll do the Wednesday news. We'll preview whatever the next two games are. I don't, I, I know one of them is Burton because I put that on the schedule wrong last <laughs> week. I don't know if the next one is Sunderland or Rotherham. Rotherham? It is neither. Wigan. Oh, Wigan. Wigan. I knew it was one of the teams up there. I know they have a, they have they have eight games this month. Cut me some slack. They're going to be long pods. You've got them all need, right, but in the wrong order. I'm going to need more beers. Yeah. <laughs> But we will start with the Ipswich game. Uh, an early goal from Marvin Johnson and Wednesday see it out from there. Probably could have been three or four nil, but at least it wasn't one one, which is, you know, what often happens in those kind of games. Uh, we will stick with the thumbs up and thumbs down. And your thumbs up, Patty, is tactics. As Justin's. But, um, yes. Justin's. We don't have a document for this. Justin, <laughs> you're, this is, I'm reading, trying to figure out whose WhatsApp message this is. Scrolling up, I didn't remember who was first. Justin, your thumbs up is tactics. Yeah, I thought it was, I think this game was won on the training pitch during the week. And, and I don't know how many times we've been able to say that this year or frankly in a few years, right? Uh, mm. the, the delightful thing that we did, Ipswich was 
very good. They like to run the ball uh, through the middle. They've got the four uh, midfielders. So they're, they're two wide midfielders act almost as wing backs. Um, they've got center backs who can distribute, um, but they really like to move the ball through the middle. And what we were able to do without the ball is our wing backs dropped back to a five man back line, which was able to prevent them from getting behind our wing backs and crossing the ball. And all three of our central midfielders, who was Baz, Fizz, and uh, obviously Luongo, played very compact and all played behind the ball. So we really gave them eight men with a compact middle and no width to get through. And you know, we had the front two of, of Canberra and Windass really running around and, and putting some pressure on. And I, I thought we just, we were so comfortable. We were so calm. We were in the right places. And it was the perfect game plan to shut down an Ipswich squad that, you know, has a fair amount of talent on it and has some guys who can score. And they've been causing trouble to other teams in the league. So um, uh, kudos to Darren Moore and his staff and, and kudos to the players for, you know, following through and, and being able to do that. I, I'm sure there have been many times that Darren Moore has suggested they do X, Y, and Z, and then they run around like chickens with their heads cut off, right? But uh, I, so, I thought uh, it all went it all went well. So, how many times on the training ground did, they have to, did Marvin Johnson have to practice that sliding? Definitely not a cross back across the face of goal goal. Yeah, no, they, I mean, that's offensively was, was a different story, but we didn't, we gave them the ball. It was, I oh, believe yeah. it was 30, 36, 37% possession yeah. for us. They were very you know, happy that, that was to part just of the kick it around in the back. They pressed again, like the, like the Oxford game and like the uh, Plymouth game, they were happy to press them up. And I thought they, I mean, I thought they defended from the front. Well, I thought they created a bunch of chances. They didn't convert on because it's Wednesday and you know, all in all, it wasn't really uh it was a, and I guess I'll just transition into my thumbs up. It was a professional job. Yeah. It wasn't, it was yeah. not an exciting game. It should have been a better game. Uh, it should have been a more comfortable last half hour, but all in all, it was a professional job. Yeah. Although I still like, I didn't, it was so professional. Like normally you worry with a one goal lead and it's Wednesday. Like I was pretty calm. And this, this that. was put into stark relief in the Morecambe game too. Well, <laughs> I mean, I say Morecambe was playing uh, more extremely long ball over the top than Ipswich was, but Ipswich was also doing that, uh, especially early on, I think, as, as once they were sort of befuddling them uh, at the back. And just watching a tall, rectangular center back jump in the air and head balls away was so refreshing. And that does get into uh, Patty's thumbs up, which was the defense. Yeah, and it's, it also backs up onto Justin's uh, tactics too. So it wasn't just mm. the defense; it was everybody defending, right? Mm. It was everybody compacting that midfield. It was everybody pressing the defense. They didn't get a switch longer than five seconds of the ball at any point in time. There's not many games this season where we can say they've done that very well. Uh, they clearly took Ipswich seriously, which again is not many times you can say that this season that they took the opposition seriously, um, and they put in a good performance. They it was the game management was perfect. Uh, like I said in the last five ten minutes, it wasn't harem scarum. Uh, it was very composed. We got in the corner, we headed it out, we hit it off their legs to get it throwing. It was all very well managed, um, and. Look, the defense uh, played the biggest part, and it was the first time they played together, right? So Hutchinson, Story, and uh, Harley Dean. Um... Probably the last time they'll play together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'll all be injured again in two days' time. Um, but look, let's let's take that uh, clean sheet and take the uh, headers we've won, and we'll never see it again. I didn't realize how good Story was. Uh, He's a nice little the ball on his feet. Yeah, yeah he, he can really, he can pick a pass. I, I actually thought he was probably even better uh, today against Markham, but Definitely, just yeah. in general, I, I didn't realize how well, like he's comfortable with the ball and he was moving it to good spots. You know, you had Hutch uh, covering all the ground and, and Dean cleaning everything up. That's, that was a really, it was really nice to see. But as we, as we know. Uh, yeah, it's the nice, the nice thing about Hutch too, and uh, we saw this more in the Markham game, but certainly in the, 
Ipswich game as well, when he has actual center backs on either side of him, he can kind of step up a little bit more and play that sort of like halfway between his old center defensive midfield role and center back role. And he still does have the pace, at least at league one to get back if he gets beat or if one of the center back gets beat as, as a, he can get back as a covering defender as well, but he can step up and sort of uh, play more of like a, like a second pivot, which I think they did need, although uh, I will get to get to buyer's performance again, the Morgan game. Cause I thought he actually was quite good, but he is a different kind of pivot than Massimo Luongo is. Well, Hodgson right. did quite well in both these games, actually. Yeah. He went yes. from sweeper to the kind of Lothar Mateus kind of like uh, defensive midfield role. He was back and forth, and he would just go where he was needed. He, he mopped up quite a lot uh, behind the central defenders in the Ipswich game and did the same today um, when Dean went off. Uh, but he will come forward with the ball, too. He's, honestly, uh, there's some comments on Twitter saying that people complain we resigned Hutchinson. One of the best players we've had in the last year, at least consistently. Yeah. What an absolute like star! He was. He's going to go down as a, a club legend, obviously. But um, this season specifically, he's he's not really put a foot wrong. No, and I'm surprised, uh, honestly. Yeah. And, and I've always been a fan of his. I just thought, you know, when he left us, he he looked kind of on last legs. Uh, he went to Cyprus for a vacation. I did not expect him to come back. And then, of course, he was hurt. And it's kind of like, well, I don't know. But hes you're exactly right, Pat. He doesn't, doesn't put a foot wrong when he's on the field for us. I think the most uh, stark example of how well he's playing right now is he made a classic Hutch tackle in the Markham game without leaving his feet. We know he doesn't have to go to grounds to do his stuff. That's uh, yeah. Well, like I mean, when we get to the market. Also, had an early yellow card it. in the Ipswich game because it is Hudge. But. <laughs> yeah, but that was it. Was a great tactical. Yeah, tactical. Play. Value, yeah. Like, yeah, no, he's he's something else. And again, we'll we'll talk about him a little bit in the Markham game. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure as well. But before we get to the Markham game, we do have some thumbs down, thumbs down to discuss as well. Uh, Patty, yours is missing Lee Gregory. Yeah, I felt like, and this is for both games, I suppose, but specifically mm. the Ipswich game, um, uh, we really, look, Canberry uh, has great movement. Uh, I'm going to start with positives, because you know where this is going. Uh, he has great movement. I think he's quite pacey, a lot of energy, a lot of effort. Uh, he does play like a gangly kind of deer that may have lost his mother, uh, and, and just kind of is always running, just always running, never under control. He's got a little bit of Lucas Schwab about him where you never know where his feet are going to go, but not the skill that you, Lucas Schwab had, just kind of the, the, the miscontrol. Um, but sometimes it pulls it off because it's League One, and it'll just, it'll just bounce off his ankle and it'll go in front of him and he's fine. I did uh, notice Rob and uh, John were saying, oh, he just he hasn't quite gotten there over the green, like he just, <laughs> he's not quite bouncing for him. It's like, I mean, yes, but also it shouldn't be bouncing striker. full stop. <laughs> well, yeah. You can control it. It shouldn't be bouncing. Right, that's the other thing, right? If you're a striker, like some of that is is creating your own scoring positions, right? Especially on the way the service, the kind of service that he gets, and he got good balls over the top, like pretty consistently. But he gets um, those positions. That's what's from Luongo in the in the first game, uh, and I thought Byers was bringing him in well in the. Uh, in the Morgan game, it's just oh, so was Mendes Lang. They, they yeah, Mendes Lang and nice got a nice little Hollywood ball. Who, too. Some, somebody in the WhatsApp group described Canberry's first touch as that of a trampoline. It's either James or Paul, and that's yeah. like it's a little harsh, but like, hey, I it's you're not wrong. Well, it's here, it's funny because we always say, like, well, we have a of a strike crew that needs service and they're getting service now because of, they have, you know, three or four players that can put a, put a ball in down the channel or a nice ball over the top. And well, that's, that's great that he needs service and he's getting it, but he's got a, there's gotta be an end product here. Right. I mean, look, well, if, that's, that's Patty's point, right? If we get Lee we're, Gregory, we're missing Gregory. <laughs> yeah. In this squad. But with Gregory's, Mendes, Gregory's, Lang, Bannon, Gregory's also not going to make those runs though. Right. No, he has been. He's been holding it up, though. He's yeah, been waiting okay. for the service come from the wing and from the midfield. Right, but he's not going to make those runs, you know, off the last shoulder of the defender for the ball right. over he's the not, top. He's, he's going to bypass the midfield. He's not <laughs> the pace to do that. Yeah. The, the, he's going to want to drop deeper, get it, distribute, and then run. He has to <coughs> run uh, in He will stages. be in the box. He should be in the box. Right, so yeah. He crosses. 
like a few times, I mean, today, the cross came in for Canberra and he was nowhere near it. And there's a yeah. cross that Mendes Lang put in uh, for Markham. That was Markham. put in very firmly, to be fair. <laughs> but it, it felt like uh, Canberra jumped a second yeah. too early. Uh, and, and the commentators were, were, were saying, that, oh, it was a bad cross from Mendes Lang. I thought it was a good cross. He was at an open goal, pretty much. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. It's, it, my, my, you've seen through my excuse here of saying missing Gregory by just lambasting Canberra. Yeah. Uh, but I do genuinely believe that Canberra has a lot of positives, and that is mainly his, move, his movement and his positioning yeah. is very good. Uh, because we wouldn't be he talking is, about He's difficult and he creates a lot of space for Windass to you know, move towards, you know, make runs down the wing or drop deeper. And I, I think his holdup play is good if he gets the ball. The problem is yeah. that controlling it, right? Like right. when he's able to control it with his back turn, right? He, I think he can be pretty yes, I mean, uh, The first word in there is holding. So he has to actually right. hold the ball in order to... Uh, and order it, to I think his passing and distribution is quite good, Justin. But it, is, he, yeah. it takes him a while to get it under control. And if he's like, under right. pressure or if it's like... It's, um, I think this is a very like, it's a very physical league in a way where it's just kind of like, you're not going to get fouls and the, like the physicality of it is just kind of sloppy and unpredictable. Like you're just going to have guys just like leaning on you, like in weird And ways. it's also, as we talked about a lot, and we've talked about with so many guys, but like Kadeem Harris is the one it's that, hmm. that always made me laugh. It's like, well, if he could do that one thing, he wouldn't be in league one playing. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's why we get him because he's a flawed, uh, a flawed actor. Yeah. Uh, he's very entertaining. I'll give you that. I mean, he's air shots, random yeah. bouncing things. He's, he's all over the shop. Uh, but he scored goals for us too. I mean, you can't really. That, I, I think, he's a, I think he's, a, he's a good squad player. Yeah. As a second choice striker at this level, he's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'd say third choice, but sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who like the actual technical strikers are in this squad. Other he's than, better than Berahino. Number nine. Way. Yeah. Uh, Justin's thumbs down is John Jules, I guess. I think this is harsh. Yeah, I know. Right. So, so here's the thing. It's I, I didn't really have a thumbs down. I, I yeah. thought that might have been our best game of the year um, against a, a really decent team. Um, I, I was kind of expecting a little more from him where to me, you know, he tried a couple dribbles, got dispossessed, uh, ran around a lot, you know, that, that's fine. But like, yeah, I mean, I think honest, honestly, well, I, I said to Patty too, like, I kind of would I didn't think Bannon was very good, but I'm just tired of shitting on. I thought he was Bannon. okay. I thought he was fine in the Ipswich game. Morecambe, he was not. Uh, yeah, B- Bannon couldn't pass for for whatever reason. He has not been able to pass these last two games. It's a problem. It's just, he, he snuck a couple, and well, yeah. considering that's what his game is supposed yeah. to be, um, you know, he missed on a few. But yeah, I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't even want to get into a, a negative coming out of that Ipswich game. I was. I was very pleased uh, yeah. with that, and 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 I'm glad to have this kid on board. It's you know he's a little bit down the depth chart, but you know hopefully he can add something once he gets comfortable here. Yeah, I think it's like look, it's good to give him 20 minutes in the squad. I think the situation where he was basically coming on and Wednesday was parking the bus, he's basically asked to just sort of run around and run the ball down to the corner, and that's yeah, fine. I thought he, I thought he was fine. He showed a little bit. Yeah, he didn't really get it situation where he was going to be able to, you know, like face up to goal and run because that was just not what they were going to do. I did enjoy his well, little he, fist he pump. I twice, did enjoy his little fist pump know. at the end when they, uh, when the whistle went I like that, getting right into it. Um, but I'm sure we'll, we'll see more from him in the I hope so. coming weeks to see where we are for there. Uh, my thumbs down is a professional job, but not tidy. It never like just, they don't quite, I mean, like, look, they're in eighth place. In League One, four points off the playoffs with the game in hand. And they just really feel like a team that's eighth place in League One, four points off the playoffs with the game in hand. They just have not been quite good enough at this level consistently. And I think the Ipswich game, even though they won, and it wasn't really a game where they, you know, they, they looked more likely to win, win 3 0 and get pegged back, it just never felt like a team. That's a clear promotion candidate. I think that was true in the Morricum game too. Look, they're getting results. They're there or thereabouts. Uh, the next month will certainly tell a lot because they're playing a lot of game, uh, games against teams in front of them in the standings. But I just, it wasn't, you know, 
It was not, it was a perfectly fine, entertaining game, but I just, it didn't quite feel like, uh, I need to see more. Basically yeah. is what it comes down to. We're exactly where we should be right now. And yeah. uh, that we, you can't complain about that. But towards the end of our, was it 13 game unbeaten run that yeah. we had? We started looking like a team that believes we were on a 13 game unbeaten run. So what I'm hoping for for this next eight or nine games in the next month is that by the end of it, if we scrape a, a winner, draw, draw, a win, a winner, draw, every now and again, by the end of it, we start believing ourselves again and we look like we might go on to go an actual good run and we believe that we're a good team. Because that's when we, towards the end of that, that run, before it all went to shit, or we went at COVID and Christmas, um, we were looking good. We were look, actually looking like a, a, a promotion-chasing team. Then it derailed. And it's taken us a while to get back to it. And like I say, we, we've won the last two games, which is uh, great after the back of, what, the last three and four, I think, before that. Um if we can continue grinding out crappy games and crappy uh, good results, crappy games, then I, I think we will start playing better and we will start believing ourselves again. As long as not another derailment comes along, maybe by losing three people in one game. <laughs> we'll get to that. I do want to point out that after Burton, Wigan, and Rotherham, you know, that's it gets tasty. It gets the Accrington at home, Doncaster, who's bottom of the table. Uh, on the road, Fleetwood away, Charlton at home. It's a nice little run. Yeah, and we tend to play better against the good teams too. So I, yeah. I, I expect us to give Wickham and Rotherham a good game. And you start looking at Wickham and Pompey the last two games of the season too. To uh, if you want to look at the fixture calendar for games that hopefully will be somewhat important. Is that Louis uh, Wing and that was George a... Hurst coming back to haunt us in those two games? A game that was important, but was not exactly uh, perhaps the most fun to watch would be another 1-0 win against Morecambe. Lovely little strike from George Byers. Did not know he had that in his locker. But we will start with Patty's thumbs up, which is Hutch. Yeah, and I... I feel like you could have picked three or four man of the matches from today's game. And that is a weird thing to say when I don't think it was a great team performance. I think we had probably three or four good individual performances. And outside of that, it was very, very scrappy and it wasn't necessarily a great game of football. Uh, but um, Mendes Lang certainly deserves a shout. He had a fantastic game. Marvin Johnson, again, is becoming one of our most consistent players this season, despite my initial uh, reaction towards him. <laughs> uh, what I mean, what a great you cost wanna, the ball uh, is. Oh, so James and I, I guess we'll do this now. I, why not? Um, so James and I settled on Luongo for player of the month. Do you think Johnson did enough to uh, pip him in the last game in January, which would have been the Ipswich game? I think so. Yeah, that goal is fantastic, and uh, he could have had two or three. He could have had three. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, he had a nice I, I, one in. Uh, he was offside, and I think he was offside in the Morecambe game, but also another nice finish. He deserves. I think he deserves some credit. I think if he gets some yeah. play of the month, I'd be happy with that. Uh, Luongo yeah. has a good couple of games. Um, Still he... not a great defender, but he's a way. Yeah. Back, so, so I whatever. I, He's played really well, but I like him way more at uh, wing back, or I would ideally like to see him at left back in a yeah. in a back four, and and I think that that would, I think that that would suit him, uh, suit him well, brings his strengths out. You frame it left back on the left midfield. Uh, if I was doing a four two three one, he would be my left back, which okay. is the formation that we all thought more was going to play and did for like two games. Um, so, I think he's perfectly suited yeah. for a left wing back at the moment in our current formation. Yeah, no, he's he's been delight right this, these last two games. He's been perfect. Like he's not really exposed, and you know, even Ipswich, he was asked to play more defensively and, and did a very nice job. He didn't let anybody get behind him. But when when he's on that back line, when he's a last resort, he doesn't have the natural instincts for it. He he, he steps up at the wrong time. Uh, you yeah. know, we saw him earlier, especially getting beat by guys spinning him. Um, you know, I, I think I, he's... He, he was serviceable, but right right now he's excelling. He's 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 in a he's put in a position to succeed. I think he's one of the best costs of the ball we've got in the squad. Um, yes, uh, over and over again, he will put in a great cross, um, and that's been the most surprising thing for me uh, out of Marvin Johnson. Apart from the fact that he's done an okay job being centre half, but on that left wing, 
he, almost nine times out of ten, he'll put a great cross in. And he varies them too, right? Like he'll whip them in when they need to be whipped in. He'll he'll float one to the near post when that's what needs to happen. He'll put it on the ground. Like what, whatever the situation calls for, that ball comes off his foot hot and it, and it goes to the right spot. So it is pretty cool. I was talking about Hutch today, uh, my thumbs up. I've gone to Marvin Johnson uh, uh, praise, which is fine. That's fine so, because uh, Justin's thumbs up is also Hutchinson. We did not coordinate <laughs> this in one document. <laughs> I, I will say I, I I wrote mine first, so mm, I sorry. called that first. Um, I was scrolling no, we, up, so I saw Patty's first. <laughs> <laughs> always scroll down. Always scroll yeah. down. We uh, we we talked a lot about Hutch uh, earlier, so I, I really just wanted to mention a couple specific plays. Twice tonight in the first half, uh, he was not last man back, but last man back was getting beaten, and Hutch just ran. The ball down he just Dominic, I everybody ask. yeah no completely yeah. and it, it's not necessarily what you expect from him um but the the one play that i thought was just summed up what we've been missing a lot this year i we've watched we've lost games because we haven't had this uh morcom was breaking in the 60th minute and it was three on three uh, i believe and they were attacking and wednesday's back line was backpedaling like crazy except for Hutchinson who you know backpedaled to a certain degree but waited for that found that right point to step up press and made the, made the player the commit, yeah. yeah he made him commit which usually we just back the hell up and give them too much room he stepped up forced a kind of weak pass out to the uh whoever was up on the left and then the best part about it was as I was watching Hutch is he then turned immediately after the press, laid eyes on his man and beat him back down the field to get into position and actually ended up getting the ball behind um, who would it have been? It might've been Palmer at that point on the back line. So it just a, a standout moment for a standout player who, you know, really has, if, if, if Sam Hutchinson isn't one of your favorite Wednesday players of the last, you know, period is something's wrong with you. My thumbs up since we've already covered Hutchinson in great detail is actually George Byers. And I was thinking this even before the goal, it was a great goal. T- took absolutely uh, perfectly. A nice little, again, Monday's line cutting it from the inside, leaving it for Bannon just, and then the uh, trailing midfielder just running onto it, taking the touch and like, look, a little pile driver into the top corner. Great, but I I was really impressed by his work rate for the entire game, and he's not going to be as sort of blood and thunder as Luongo is, but he was really putting himself about, um, and when you have that kind of defensive line behind you, he can be a little, he doesn't have to be quite as, uh, maybe quite as forceful in terms of breaking up the play. He was just everywhere. Like He was just making good passes. Again, it was a very kind of, uh, I don't want to say anonymous performance per se, but just that he just, if you, if you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't notice it. And I was because Luongo wasn't in the squad. So I'm like, all right, who the f- in that spot? But like Byers was just putting himself about making the simple pass well, moving well without the balls we saw on the goal and other times, you know, making himself available because Bannon likes to freelance. And that also allowed, I think, Fizz to be a little more direct in this game than he's been in the past as well. And I just thought it was like, it was a different midfield. I don't know if it'd work against a team with a little more, uh, attacking now than Morkum, but to give Luongo a day off and have a fairly uh, seamless midfield performance. Otherwise, I like and Fizz was fine. Bannon, I thought, had a poor game. I thought Byers really kind of ran the midfield more than uh, more than I expected. Nice. And Bannon right. doesn't seem to play well with Byers for whatever mm. reason. Maybe it's because they it's they kind of do a similar. In a way, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Fizz was excellent actually until. Um, getting hurt he was you know when patty mentioned earlier uh men against boys we, we were talking about just you know the individual performances rather than the it seems to be uh he was one that i he was with mendez lang uh, they have a nice little interplay the last couple of games i've noticed story was yeah, well, still good with mendez lang too so, so yeah. uh, story and mendez lang went quite a lot and i uh, mean just something i was talking before we started recording about just the uh, the 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 good feet that story has and the, and the, the yeah. passing ability he has, which is not and really- he's also willing to 
you know, continue his run too. Like a couple of times in the Morgan game, he just got himself into the box, got himself into position to put in a cross. Yeah, he was uh, he was good against today. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't get involved much. I don't know. Maybe just one of those like, tidy defenders that you don't notice doing the kind of crunching tackles, last minute chances. He didn't necessarily do great things that would say how he's a great performance story, but his distributions are fantastic against Markham. Um, the so the bias thing I wanted to ask back you if it was all Jeff. I thought you had a fantastic game too. Um, it, it was his passing that really surprised me. Yeah. Um, his distribution is he had quite a few inventive forward passes that you start to see Luongo do uh, in the last few games too. And he was kind of it was other than Luongo's physicality, he played a very similar game to Luongo. He was back when you needed him, but also going forward and breaking box to box. He was pinging those central um, over the defenders' uh, heads balls. They, they didn't really often, like I'd say half and half they hit, half and half they didn't hit. But um, half the was... time they hit Camberry, who couldn't do anything. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he was making the runs, like I said. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was very impressed by a state, by far and away the best performance to put in the Wednesday shirt. Do, do you know what I thought was interesting with him with the passing is, is he was able to get get the ball and quickly distribute it forward. The bitch about him before when he was the, in that position and wasn't looking very well, um, he said he was making quick pass, but they were all sideways and backwards. He was so much more incisive today. We call it a joy to, Yeah. Well, that's what he was. He was playing yeah. like that, minus, minus the muscles. Whereas today, he really, as you pointed out earlier, Jeff, he really he covered a lot of ground. Um, and, and he also was able to, to really, uh, distribute that ball I mean, aggressively. Has he been in the squad since they've started playing three at the back? It feels like he's been out. Yeah. I don't think for he a has. while at this point. So he has players, you know, like Mendes Lang and Marvin Johnson, he can distribute to, to, that are going to make those, you know, and, and Windass will freelance on the wing as will Bannon. So he has, I think more sort of attacking options to distribute to than he did. Maybe last time we saw him in the squad. Yeah, we should at least mention uh, Mendez Lang a little bit too, uh, just because he was he was such a beast. Um, yeah, I mean James and I I think singled him out uh, last week, but yeah, he's continued to be a yeah. I mean, it was funny. First... I didn't I didn't agree with you guys last week. I thought he was a little I thought he was a little off. Um, no, I don't. I don't know. I, but, the first, but his first impression was... was not great, and I think some of that is just that there was like, oh my god, we're getting another winger in, and then he didn't have a first couple of first games in the squad weren't. And he was trying to do a little bit too much, and then he's kind of he's still trying to do a little bit too much, but it's working now. He's like figured out how to do exactly too much, uh, and just like yeah, his physicality, his foot, his feet are great. Um, He's very, he's actually a very, very technical with the ball when he, when he wants to be, but he also just blow by his man. If he needs to has a really good cross. Um, I'd like to see him on corner kicks more and not just like tapping the ball to Bannon at short corners. Like they were, I know it was windy. If they did one more short corner in that game, I was going to lose my mind, but. And they've usually had him doing uh, one side. They'll put Bannon on, yeah. uh, on the side where he makes the left footed uh, in swing. And uh, then they'll let uh, Mendez Lang take the other. We'll, we'll see how that goes going forward. But yeah, he he was he was almost unplayable at times today, um, and and you know probably could have had a couple himself, a couple more rather. We'll now wrap up the Morecambe discussion with thumbs down. And Patty's is the injury curse. Yeah, it's it feels. I know we won two zero. Mm. It. And we won one zero against Ipswich. It feels like we are uh, on the precipice of disaster again. Uh, and I know we uh, that phrase for Marvin Johnson at wing back. He might be starting at centre back at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, we're, we're constantly on the precipice of disaster. We can't have nice things. It, uh, so we'll go into the news section later on. But um, having Harley Dean come off in six minutes after declaring in his, in his opening interview that he doesn't get injured much. It was so, mwah, Sheffield Wednesday, <laughs> it was unbelievable. Um, Fizz coming off, uh, Windass looking a bit dodgy. It's uh, it's all a little bit um, scary. 
Uh, obviously, Luongo didn't start the game. Uh, it's since been cleared up that he's, he's okay. He was rested. Um, <clears throat> so that's a bonus. I think I was terrified at the beginning of the game when he wasn't in the squad. I was like, great, here we go again. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, Harley Dean and Jordan Story um, were great signings, I think, uh, in the window. Much needed signings. And if he's out, um, that's huge. He's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a linchpin back there already. We saw from the first game, he can win headers. He's a leader. Um, and it's going to be tough. Um, so yeah, it's really disappointing. I just hope he's okay. Justin's thumb down is the finishing. I feel like this has been a recurring theme on this podcast for uh, well, we've only been doing this segment for two years, so two years. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty brutal. I mean, it, Paul will obviously disagree apparently, but like, I thought they were, they were fine today, like you know but we just don't have you know we mentioned earlier without Gregory you just don't have the guys I, I know Windass had a couple he probably would have liked to have had back uh, Mendez Lang uh, I mean Brookham did do some good last ditch defending too yes, to be fair I was about to say cred, credit to them um, but you know the, the whole thing with a with a game like today like Patty and I were talking about it before this and I was actually thinking of my in my uh hockey men's league we have one team that is not good and they're really not good they're just like they're just not as talented they don't have as many talented players as all of the other teams um they work real hard but you know they're just they're not as good so sometimes you find yourself in a trap where you know we'll be playing against them and i'll realize like i'm playing to their level instead of just going out and playing at my speed i'm kind of relaxed and thinking like ah they you know they're no good they can't they can't beat us. And, you know, we almost gave that up a couple of times today where, you know, suddenly out of nowhere, they had some opportunities. And, you know, I think that was us playing down to their level to a certain degree. Um, and, and if we could finish, it would be three, nothing in the first half. And we wouldn't worry about playing down to their level because we'd be skirting out, you know, to the end of that game. So, you know, it, it's great that we had, nearly we were at nearly 80 percent possession for a while um you know and, and i thought overall we were progressive with it but got to be able to finish my thumbs down is kind of a conversation about bailey peacock Farrell because these last couple of games he does a number of things very well but he i don't know if it's a communication issue with the back line it is there have been obviously some new defenders coming in there have just been malls that I, they, I mean, the, the most obvious one was one with, where Story was holding off his man in the first half and BPF really just didn't get off the line for it. And it allowed uh, Morecambe to recycle possession and, and get an opportunity, but just crosses into the box or, uh, you know, the their best scoring opportunity where Hutch had to head off the line twice. Like BPF's got to come for that ball and punch it. And he did not really do either of those things he got there sort of and punched it sort of but he just has not been a particularly and i know we talked about this when he the beginning of the season like he was very willing to marshal the defense he was going to come for balls and i think i even said it's like look he's gonna he's gonna flap it some because he's so aggressive minding his area and that's fine. That's the trade-off. And it seems like he's gotten more tentative about it. And really it kind of started in the, uh, in the first Morecambe game where he, where he came for a ball and didn't really get there. And they got a scrappy goal late on after Wednesday, probably had again, 80% possession. And he just, he hasn't had much to do the last couple of games in terms of shot stopping, which is clearly a strength for him. And I think that can be part of, you know, uh, losing focus and, and, and that as well. But uh, you know, it's you're a goalkeeper you're gonna have games like that where your team has a lot of possession you have to stay focused that's just part of the job 100 and and i i think that's to me that's what i'm seeing and i'm guessing totally guessing but that that's what the failure is is that he's just an explanation it's not an excuse yeah yeah no it's true um he 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 does have to be better hilarious he's he's just a pitch back-to-back shutouts yeah, never saying he's got to be better, but uh, you know I, I agree. He 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 made. And I thought he was good in the Oxford game when they lost himself. three two. So. Yeah. No, I mean, listen. I I don't honestly. Uh, I don't 
see how we come out of these two wins, you know, we should be fairly positive. We, we had a really good game against a quality team and beat them. And we had a mediocre game against a shit team, but we were good enough to take home the three points. And as you pointed out, yes, we're eighth place, but given everything we've done so far this year, the fact that we are still within striking distance of the playoffs and perhaps as Patty pointed out earlier, maybe being a good team by the time the playoffs start, that's I'm finding it too hard to have too many thumbs downs. I mean, by the standards of Owls AmeriCast match reviews, it's been a great week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Two wins. How often does that happen? Let's take a break. We come back. We will cover the Wednesday news and preview another two matches. Welcome back. And the first order of business in Wednesday news is one Wednesday podcaster's new drink. Uh, Patty, we called an audible. Uh, yes. Uh, so why have you given me Jeff? So we had a, this is a, this is a variation on the Pegu club, which is a classic cocktail invented at the Pegu club. It is a gin, orange liqueur and uh, lime juice based cocktail with egg whites, right? That's the with egg whites. Yes. The sour, it's a sour riff. Right. So I've, 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 I've put this together in my um in the five minute ten minute break we had between recording the first half and second half uh i haven't had a drink yet it's my first reaction to it so mm-hmm. I've, I've never really put egg whites in cocktails before so it's it might be a little up. bit warmer now than it should be but whatever is it supposed to have some kind of viscous element to it or is that that's just me? the egg whites yes it's supposed to have a little body to it okay get, get in there you gotta get more of the liquor i guess it's not bad I'm, I'm mainly getting lime juice, if I'm honest with you, and the gin. Um, mm. but, it's mostly um, lime juice and gin, so. True. I, I don't know what I was expecting. It's, it's all right. It's not bad at all. I, fe- I felt like it, um, it would be more awful, I'll be honest with you. Uh, when I was making it, <laughs> I was putting the ingredients together. I thought it would be terrible. Um, it's quite drinkable. Okay, good. And for, for people that aren't... Um, uh, obviously, it's an audio podcast. I have a, a kind of a martini glass type. Mm. What do you call it? A coupe? A coupe, Jeff? Uh, and that is technically a martini glass, I think, okay. based on the size of it, as best I can tell over Zoom. Um, and it was chilled in the freezer. For, I just followed all Jeff's instructions. Yes, uh, you did. Uh, if you're coming... Very um, important if you're, serving a, if you're serving a drink up, whether you're shaking it or stirring it, it's very important to chill your glassware beforehand. You're not serving it over ice. Um, yeah, I'm not fond of the floating viscous egg white bits in it, but other than that, it's all right. Is that because I didn't shake it enough? Should I shake it, should I shake it more? Could have, been a, could have been a shaking issue. Could have been how old are your eggs? Because eggs, as they uh, get closer to their... These are egg lands best, to, uh... you know. <laughs> Does that have to do with... I mean, it has to do more with how long the eggs have been in there than the, uh, the relative quality of the eggs, I suppose. Um, although there is some like contention within the cocktail community whether your eggs should be pasteurized or not if you're using them in cocktails. Regardless, we will uh, not sidetrack the podcast too much. Instead, move on to the Wednesday news and more. Can I, can I just bring attention to, Je- to Justin's eye roll then, please? <laughs> that was the best eye roll I've seen in my entire life. This so whole segment can, should be. Uh, we'll try and put it on the YouTube. Can we get to the? I don't usually news? want to be on video, but this has been this has been gold. <laughs> when we were going to be uh, putting this on YouTube, I would have finished cleaning out the. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, transfer news: outgoing players, uh, Lewis Wing out on a permanent deal to Wickham, and Adadoyan is out to Accrington Stanley. Uh, Little, little weird in a way. I mean, Wing, I get it. He didn't really have a fit in the squad. Just, I think it falls into the, the Corpino category where they weren't really playing him at his best position. I'm not sure what his best position is, I guess, based on seeing him at Sheffield. Yeah. Wednesday. I think there were flashes, to be fair. but Yeah, he was played out of position. He was asked to play the Luongo role, the you know, the sort of holding and, and he actually did it better than most people gave him credit for. I mean, he was third on the team in tackles. He had a decent passing percentage. If people want to go look at owls, owls analytics or analytics, owls, him and a uh, uh, friend of the podcast, Pete Lohman had a, a nice little back and forth on Twitter. Um, 
talking about Lewis Wing and and highlighting some of his stats that show he did do some good things, but it was, you know, as you said, it was a bad fit. I, I, I would like to have seen him at his best. Uh, We did not, hopefully he's not for, uh, for Wickham. Yeah. I don't know what the, the I mean, I know what the situation is. The situation is Wednesday cannot pay fees for players. So if they have players on loan that the, the team's, I'm looking to move on and can secure a permanent transfer fee for they're probably going to look to do that, which I mean, I, I got a doyen. I guess they have enough striker depth. That's I, I, is an interesting prospect. I thought, I thought he showed in flashes when he got into uh pizza cup games, but yeah, I yeah, barely I remember anything he did. The, like the, the player you came want to keep around <laughs> the player you want to keep around the organization, the team, I feel like, but. Again, I think it's probably a similar situation here. Uh, Patty put the in transfers in, which of Harley Dean, Jordan Story, and Tyrese John Jules, who just tells me he didn't listen to last week's podcast where we covered all of those. <laughs> I got halfway through it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so Justin was, when Justin was on, he asked, I turned it off to be bad. Uh, Darren Moore missed today's game with uh, it's the third time he's tested positive for COVID, I think. Um, but uh, mildly symptomatic. Hmm? Three would be a lot. Is it three? Is it two? I don't know. I don't know. I thought, I thought it was, was he got real sick. Well, last he, got, time, he got really so. sick last year. Yeah. Um, I know, but I thought he had gotten, I don't, maybe it was just like a close contact. I thought he had missed another game, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, but yeah. Uh, well, let's time, not talk about the pandemic, huh? No, let's not. As mentioned in the first half of the show, Masvidal Longo was just rested. He's fine. Everything is fine. Nothing is ruined. Yeah, Patty, that was a, that was a hell of a tweet today. Yeah. It was. Uh, I could feel your angst mm. set me off too. I didn't know. I hadn't seen the lineups yet. That was like the first thing I saw. It was it was a one forty five in the Eastern time, which is basically six forty five yeah. UK time, and I was like online. I was like, "Oh great, I guess the, the lineup straight away." And the first thing I see was Luongo not in the squad. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, thankfully I was put uh, uh, to rest eventually, but uh, it was a stressful uh, time waiting for that news to come through. Uh, Denrin is out for the season. Uh, he had surgery to clear up some undisclosed but uh, I guess a nagging issue. That's disappointing. I mean, he, he it wasn't is. good. He wasn't good recently, but clearly he was because he was so hurt. badly hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, that's... I, I Arfin Dunkley are on grass. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't we, I, we all should be if we have to watch these games. So. <laughs> they're on grass, they're on they're like grass, able they're on to walk around on the training pitch. And uh, Lee Gregory's injury is not serious. Oh, thank Christ. That's another big one. Right. I mean, if, if Luongo and Gregory aren't injured badly, that's great. It's still really important, obviously, that um, that I think... Uh, oh, shit, I lost his, I his name. Harley Dean um, isn't injured yeah. badly, and Windass, obviously, too. Um, but it's just great news that Luongo and um, Gregory aren't out for a while. I still don't expect to see Dunkley and IR for around for a month or so, I reckon. Whether they're on grass or concrete or whatever they're on. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's head to the match previews. And we will start with this weekend's game against Burton Albion. Take it away, Justin. So, yeah, Burton Albion is this week, not last week, Jeff. Just uh, a heads yeah, up. I mean, I, don't, um... I just looked at the schedule briefly, basically, is what happened. We uh, so we actually did the Burton Albion preview uh, just before Boxing Day, I believe that was the matchup, and then it ended up getting canceled. So I won't run through too much of their history, other than that they're a recent team, right? They started in nineteen fifty. Well, Justin, I mean, to be fair, Patty doesn't only listen to the first half of the pod, so he probably didn't hear it the first time. No, I did. I thought we didn't play Burton. And I was like, I was in the middle of the, well, I listened to it after the Ipswich game. And I was like, we don't play Burton next. I know that. But I was too late. <laughs> the, horse had, the horse had bolted in podcast terms. Um, but yeah, no, it's not, where, where they are right now, they're sitting in 10th, um, just behind us, similar, similar type squad. They've got 11 wins, six losses, 11 draws, plus one uh, goal difference. 
Um, you know, they're, they're fine. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank is the manager in case we had forgotten that, um, back for a second spell with the team. He'll run, uh, a four, two, uh, three, one, you know, the way that people like to do it. Although it, rather than keeping the ball on the ground, they do tend to go more long ball. Um, so I guess having Harley Dean would have been helpful. Uh, I doubt we see him. Um, they're willing to concede possession, try to hit you on the counter. Uh, the, the nice thing for us timing wise with, uh, with Burton is that their two best players left during this uh, window. Thomas O'Connor was sort of their midfield engine, um, had five goals all on shots from outside of the box. He got sold to Wrexham, uh, which is, as Patty was noting earlier, pretty crazy when dudes are moving from league one to non-league. Um, but it shows you what the, American money at Rexon is doing right now. Um, and then their, their leading scorer actually was a, a 18 year old forward named Daniel Jebison, who was on loan from uh, the ugly side of the city and uh, they have recalled him back. So he is uh, back to wearing uh, bacon stripes and uh, we'll see if he does anything at the championship. So they've got a uh, forward Kane Hemmings. Um, and by the way, that's, that's 12, 12 goals. I got to make up. Um, you know, and this just happened. So hopefully they'll be a little out of sorts. Uh, they, they have a guy named Kane Hemmings, who's uh, a forward, who's kind of a mixed bag of starts and appearances off the bench. He's got four goals and they just signed a 19 year old on loan from Bournemouth who uh, has played. It's made two appearances for Bournemouth this year, totaling two minutes. Um, so they really, I don't know what they're going to be looking like up front. I'm hoping we can kind of take advantage of that. Um, and the, actually the other interesting name that they got in, in the window um, was uh, Matty Kovar. I believe he is. He's a man United uh, goalkeeper. And he has actually played at every level for the Czech uh, Republic team. So, you know, he may be a, a decent young uh, keeper. I don't know if we'll see him though, but you know, Burton it's, it's a big game. It's on the road. Um, they're decent at home, seven, three, and four uh, with a plus eight. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. I, I expect a, a close game. You know. Have you uh, been to quick, the uh, Have you been to the Burton Ground, Patty? No, I don't think I have. Uh, but we talked about the breweries, weren't we? Last time we spoke about yeah. them. Um, I feel like it's a trip I want to make once I'm back home. <laughs> I think this yeah, is going to well, look like every other, like, mostly standing, small pitch uh, ground in the lower leagues of English football that we've seen this year. You'd hope they've got a good beer on tap, though, right? But mm. Better beer than the other Wednesday. So, yeah, I hope so. You would assume. Uh, brief reminder, we've never beaten Burton Albion. So, it's <laughs> um, always a good time to start, yeah. Um, well, but for uh, me, I did a I did a quick little Wikipedia scan of the Pirelli Stadium, which is where they play. Uh, there are four bars, one located inside each of the stands, which are all open beautiful. before and during games. That's the uh, it's the Brentford right. experience. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. I know which flights are. <laughs> yeah, put it put it on your list, Patty. And that just leaves us with Wigan now. Yeah, and Wigan's Wigan's good um, <laughs> yeah, what else is there? yeah then. well they're, they're 17 four and four with a plus 23 goal difference um, it's pretty good yeah it is uh maybe even scarier they're 10 two and one on the road uh with a plus 17 goal difference so they've only lost once on the road all year um i'm sorry they've lost twice on the road all year but still quite good um so uh Quick uh, history, if we can, for any American listeners who don't know much about uh, Wigan. Wigan is a town in the greater Manchester area. It's about halfway between Manchester and Liverpool, about 100,000. Um, it's on a river, the River Douglas. Uh, so it, like all other English towns on rivers or ocean, blew up during the Industrial Revolution um, as a mill town making textiles and then obviously coal. There's lots and lots and lots of coal up there, which you know, I think anybody with a brief idea of recent British history knows how that turned out. Um, 
So they, they got a football team in 1932, pretty typical story. They, you know, dicked about the lower leagues and, and weren't able to join the football league until 78. Uh, they made it up to the Premier League in 0405. I think a lot of people probably remember them there with Roberto Martinez as the manager. They lost the League Cup finals in 2006. And then in 2013, had that crazy uh, win over Man City to win the FA Cup and then got relegated that same year. Um, and Wigan has not been back up. In fact, they've had a lot of trouble. They've been in that uh, Berry Mansfield, or I'm sorry, Macclesfield uh list right now they were in administration last year having a lot of trouble um, but it seems that things have stabilized there so what we're going to see is uh, Liam Richards Richardson is their manager uh, he followed Paul Cook around to a few jobs uh, similar style he does a 4-2-3-1 possession um, likes to attack down the right side take shots in close uh this team has some pieces to worry about, uh, and you can see just previewing them and, and watching a few highlights, you can see why they are so successful. So Will Keane is the guy that makes it run. He's the center attacking midfielder, the second striker, the number 10, the middle. Are you saying Will Keane is point. on fire, Justin? <laughs> I didn't quite go there. Uh, 14 goals and five assists. So that's, that's the season. Know, ahead. Yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's what I said. Um, but Very good, Patty. Uh, Didn't you hear his introduction? Up up front is... He's the X-Plane United, um, right? He's uh, X-Plane United, Will Keane. Say again? He's X-Plane United, Will Keane. I'm sure he is. He was like a youth Man United guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. I guess I didn't look into him enough, but if he's tearing it up at this level, he's about that age. You, so, you right? do your little thing. I will, I will go to Will Keane's Wikipedia page. And I'll, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's been around um, a while. So... On the right side of the attacking, the right winger attacking is a guy named Callum Lang, eight goals, five assists. And the left side is James McLean, six goals, four assists. Um, so just those three uh, totaling it up right there. You're talking about 30 goals, 15 assists uh, between between the attack. And then there, um, center forward is a guy named Charlie White, uh, five goals, two assists, who is kind of famous for having a heart attack in training last year and Liam Richardson, the manager gave him CPR and saved him. Um, so, and they also just brought in another forward named Josh McGinnis, who uh, they, he played last game and, and played well. And the, the one other name of note is uh, just cause it's always funny. Uh, Max power. They're right back. Um, who uh, again, he tends to push, the ball in possession up the field that they'll like to get him up the field. He's got three goals and six assists on the season. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, Wigan is going to be dangerous. Wigan is going to be threatening. Uh, we need to have a game plan and performance like we did against Ipswich. If we want to get anything out of that game. Max power, the player you want to touch, but you must not touch him. <laughs> uh, Will Keane was indeed a Manchester United youth player, got his premier league debut with Manchester United as uh, luckily around a 19-year-old. Uh, Good shout, Patty. We had him on loan. Know, we had him on loan for a while. Not only did uh, Sheffield Wednesday have him on, have him on loan, uh, he scored the most goals in a season in his career with Sheffield <laughs> Wednesday before moving to Wigan. In the last two years, he's obviously scored double digits, but yeah. There you go. Had him on loan in 2014-2015. He's a good player. He's a very good player, especially at this level. Um, and it's good to see him um, really finally kind of having a, a, a steady kind of a club to play at and really making his kind of... Uh, yeah, 11 goals in 34 games in all competitions. Last year with Wigan, 15 and 28 this year. Do we have any other business, Patty? Business? Um, no, just a reminder, we haven't mentioned this on the podcast for a while, but um, obviously the national meetup is um, in April. Second. Literally mentioned it last week in the second half of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't have known that, would I? No, uh, you wouldn't. <laughs> but our listeners are already ahead of us. That's great. Uh, well, I don't need to say that, do I? Just listen to last week's podcast. See if I yeah. care. Well, listen to the second half of last week's podcast. <laughs> well, this week. It wasn't Bernal Albion. Uh, 
this week, you've been listening to episode 165 of the Alice Americast. Find us on the internet at alicemericas.com. Email the show at alicemericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at alicemericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers by fellow Wednesday nights forever to the makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americast, we ask you rate and review the show to help more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owl. Justin, did you end up beating the really bad uh, men's hockey league team on a shot where it went off a player's skate and careened at a 45 degree angle into the net? Uh, We usually put them away before it comes to that. Patty is on Twitter at Patty A. Jones and at New York Owls. Patty, uh, now that you've, I assume, polished it off, what is your final verdict on the, uh, oh, you got a little bit left. What is your yeah. final verdict on the Pegu Club? Um, I don't like the snotty bits. I think I could do without <laughs> the uh, egg white, if I'm honest with you. I'm just you got to get, you got to upgrade to like, uh, from Eggland's Best to like Farmers, whatever it is, yeah. Egg, um, egg whites are optional. Egg whites are optional. Yeah. Maybe we'll limit your egg white exposure. I'm sure... We'll take you to a cocktail bar for uh, the national meetup that will give you a proper egg white cocktail. All right. You can also use, uh, if you prefer, you can also use aquafaba. What's that? Aquafaba is the uh, the foam that forms when you boil chickpeas. It is an egg white substitute. Well, that sounds even yeah. worse than egg white. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. <laughs> I'll have more cocktail advice for you and probably Patty next week.